it's just a picture, but it's kind of relaxing, isn't it? <laughs> just chilling. You know, I think one of the most favorite things in my life is sitting by the lake, hearing the waves lap against the shore, the crickets chirping away, the stars out, and the fire's crackling there in front of you. It just gives me this warm, fuzzy feeling all over. I think it's like when I do it with my wife, it's like the most romantic thing ever. Of course, afterwards, you smell like smoke, but not so romantic. But I, I just love it. And, and, you know, I'm not a real contemplative guy. You know, in fact, you know, people have tried to make me into a journaler. Ugh. I hate journaling. I don't like thinking about my life. But a fire? Oh. I can sit and look at that fire. I don't know why. It just draws me in. I can just sit there and contemplate all of life, all the big questions, everything. Just look at the fire. I don't know why. For hours and hours, everyone else disappears, goes to bed. I'm still sitting there staring at the coals. I don't know why. (laughs) Is something wrong with me? I don't know. Anyone else do like that? Oh, a couple. Oh, good. Phew, not alone. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, so, shall, shall we? No, I, I know. It's not, it's not a real fire. It's not quite the same. It's just not quite the same. But you know what? I do want you to contemplate this morning. Contemplate something. What I want you to contemplate, and contemplate with me, is, is your spiritual fervor blazing or dying? That's the question for this morning. And fire can represent our, you know, we, we sing all these Christian songs, don't we? You know, like, I want to burn out for God and, you know, light the fire again and all this stuff. And what are we really saying? We're saying that we want to keep our spiritual fervor at a high-pitched level. Like, we want to burn brightly for God. We want to show the world who we are. I love what John Wesley said. He said this, get on fire for God and men will come and see you burn. Oh, that's so true. I mean, when people are on fire for God, people want to, what, what's going on with that person? What? And they attra- they're attractive. In fact, I think more, more people get saved by seeing someone just full on, full tilt for God than any other method. They are, it's just very attractive. It's kind of like a paraphrase of what Jesus said. He said, in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they might see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. <clears throat> and of course, these are reflections of other passages, uh, where, where Paul, one where Paul says to Timothy, this, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you, through the laying on of hand. And so this is a colloquialism, this is a, a, a phrase or simile, or not simile, uh, I forget the word I'm looking for. But it's, it's basically a metaphor for being passion, passionate for God. Uh, I hate what Matthew 24 verse 12 says. It says, the love of most will grow cold. Yee. Romans 12:11 Never be lacking in zeal but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord what a what an awesome verse 
this idea that we need to keep our spiritual fervor, that we need to never lose this zeal, this passion, this desire to see the lost one for Christ, this desire to disciple, make disciples of all nations, this desire to raise a family according to God's principles, this desire for God's kingdom to come. This is the zeal that we're talking about. Um, and so how's your holy fire doing? <laughs> That's my question today. And it's a question I've been asking myself ever since I went on holidays a month, a little over a month ago. And all through my holiday time, I've been asking myself this question, how is your fire for God doing? How's it doing? How's it doing? And I've been working on it, and I'm sorry to say it's not where I want it to be. And I'm being challenged. Uh, You see, we've been hosting the, the young adults mosaic at our house. And so we have these, you know, 20-something-year-olds hanging out at our house. And some of them are so on fire for God. I'm just like, wow, this reminds me of when I was your age, you know. And I'm like, like, where where did that passion go in my life? I was just like you guys. I was all burning out for God and burning up for God and doing whatever I could for God. And now I'm just kind of like feeling like I'm in a groove kind of thing, you know, still living for God and everything, but all the sparks are, the, the sparks aren't seeming to be as great and powerful. And so I started wondering, where, where did the passion go? Still have some, but there's some missing. And it's not just young adults. I also attended vision school, right? And, you know, I, I found out that I'm twice the age of all the students that were taking <laughs> vision school. Not all of them together, but, you know, any individual one of them, I'm, t- I'm older than twice the age of all of them. <laughs> and so I'm like, these, these uh, young people heading off to North Africa, sharing Christ, going to a Muslim country where it's illegal to share Christ, having code so that when they speak to one another about what they're doing, nobody can figure out what they're saying. So that when they go actually out and share the gospel, people aren't harassing them. Wow. And then between young adults and vision school, I started meeting all kinds of young people from Power to Change. And uh, oh, this is one girl. She just, she's just full of life and, and just passionate. I'm like, wow. I, she, she moved to, to Toronto. And I really miss her. And... and there are these people who are passionate for God, and it's challenging to me. And Elim and, and Shalom go off to the other side of the globe with power to change, to share the gospel with people. And I'm like, wow, I want to be like that. And they challenge me to, uh, to be bright and shiny. Um, yesterday, when I was driving... Uh, Nadisha and, and Marley back from Montreal. We're sitting in the car at the uh, uh, coffee, uh, McDonald's, actually, and they were sharing with me how they led this lady to Christ. And I'm telling you, their faces were beaming. <laughs> they were just so excited about it. And I'm like, yeah, I know what that feels like when I've led people to Christ. Uh, you know, and I've led hundreds of people to Christ, but that feeling, you know, I haven't done that in a while. And I haven't had that that feeling for a while. Man, I want that back. I want to lead some more people to Christ. I, I don't know. I just uh, These young people are living out 
Get on fire for God and men will come and see you burn. And it seems to me like these young people, they're not just a fire burning by the, by the lakeside. They're like a blaze, like a bonfire just shining Christ's light to everyone around. I want to be a bonfire for Christ. That's what I want to be. I don't want to just be a campfire. I want to blaze for the Lord. Um, what an awesome testimony to the continuance of God's grace. Amen? The young people getting fired up for the kingdom of God. I love that. I'm, I, I have hope for the future now you know sometimes when i look at canada and the things going the wrong way and i get depressed and i get discouraged about it and i think what is happening to our country and then these young people make my day and i go like god is not done yet god is not packing it in god is raising up people for his cause and for his kingdom praise god um and so Most, most, most of the, or how, we had this meeting one time with the young adults at my house. I think Gemma was there too. And, and we, we were trying to figure out what to call ourselves. There, there was two things on the table. One was, there were three things on the table. I can't remember what they all were. But two of them were, you know, young adults, mosaic, and the other one was uh, stoked. And so we, we had a vote. And the vote was absolutely tied between young adults, mosaic, and stoked. And so then we dropped the third option and we voted again. And guess what? It was exactly tied again. So this was the, uh, the other name of the group that was possibly, we ended up going with mosaic, but uh, this is the other one. And to me, this describes who we all ought to be. Stoked. Stoked is a word that comes from the, uh, the uh, surfing community uh, back in the 90s. Uh, in, I think it's out of California. And it basically means that you had an amazing run. You were stoked. You were pumped. You were awesome. You were really going for it. Whether you had an amazing run or you're about to have an amazing run, that whole feeling of just going for it is what this word's all about. But this word also comes from a Dutch word, which means to stoke the fire, right? To cause, uh, and so we've, we've adopted this idea that we're together to help one another burn brighter and to stoke the fire. And there's this idea that as Christians, we need to stoke, we need to fan into flame the, uh, the fire of one another to do the work of the ministry that God has called us to do. Uh, but it starts with a relationship, right? That's where that thing starts. I mean, we sometimes we like, I, I love to just jump in and get busy with the ministry. And then God goes, yank, and he pulls my chain. And he goes, no, 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 it's not about ministry, it's about me. Get it straight. And man, I bang my head against that wall so many times. But God is getting through my thick skull. God first, passion for God first, a life of prayer, a life of Bible study, a life dedicated to knowing God first, then ministry, then burning for God in the public square. And don't get those two steps backwards. It doesn't work very well. And so uh, slowly it's coming through to me. So I hope that you get that straight, that uh, for God first. Um, you know, one of the things about vision schools, they focus on this one verse in the Bible. I love this verse. It's Matthew 24, verse 14. And Vision School seems to think that they invented this verse. 
<laughs> but they didn't, okay? It's been in the Bible the whole time. And in fact, A.B. Simpson, the founder of the Alliance, he loved this verse. In fact, he built the whole denomination, our denomination, on this verse. He's, or not the whole denomination, but, you know, our, a big chunk of our theology is to go out and win the lost. Why? So that Christ can come back. We have a job to do. And until that job is finished, he ain't coming back. And so he's like, come on, get out there and go win the loss so that I can come back. Uh, so we have a job to do. And But one thing about this verse is very few people talk about the verse right before it, the words right before it. And this is what the words right before it says. The love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end, we'll be saved. I don't know about you. I don't want to be part of that most. Huh? You? I don't want to be part of the most whose love will grow cold. Not at all. I don't want to end up like the Laodicean church. Remember the Laodicean church? This is what Jesus says to the Laodicean church. I know your deeds. You're neither hot nor cold. Mmm, sounds like the church in Canada. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about you spit you out of my mouth. But you say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. Hmm, sounds a lot like the Canadian church. Do you not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked? So often we don't even realize that our fire is all but snuffed out. We don't even realize there's just this little bit of smoke curling up from what should be a blaze. And we're just, oh yeah, well, I go to church every week. I read my Bible. Everything's good. When's the last time you shared your faith? Oh, well, yeah, I have a hard time. That's not my gift. Oh, Lord, rescue us from lukewarmness. Do you want to be distasteful to the Lord? <laughs> I don't want to be distasteful to the Lord. Have you ever had warm, fizzless Coke? Ugh. That's what we're like when we're not blazing for the Lord. We're just warm, fizzless Coke. It's just like syrup. It's like cough syrup. It's just blah. And you spit it out. I don't know about you, whether you're a fire just burning for God, whether you're, uh, you know, blazing for God, or whether you're just kind of simmering, blazing like this thing, or whether you're simmering like a normal little fire, or maybe you're just a smoldering wick. I don't know. What's your spiritual life like? Just sitting there, yeah, it's still alive, but... Barely. <laughs> you know. Now, I've built a lot of fires in my life. And there's something I've learned after building a lot of fires. Like every year we camp and we have a campfire every night. And, uh, you know, I've owned, my dad owned property and we would burn bush all the time. And now I own property and burn bush all the time. And you know how much, how much bush this property at the church generates? I stick it all in my trailer and I take it to my property and I burn it. (laughs) So I do a lot of burning. And one thing I've noticed about fires, 
The fire can be as low as uh, this thing that was on, the, on there. It can just be smoldering. It doesn't really matter. In fact, sometimes when we would go camping, we would have this big, every night we'd have this big bonfire, you know, burning brightly, it's great. And then we'd all go to bed. And in the morning, my boys would come up and they go, Dad, Dad, you won't believe it. The fire's still hot. And I'd go over there and there's just ashes. There's no embers, nothing. There's just ashes. But if you put your hand over it, yeah, it's still hot. What's going on? And we'd poke around in there and we'd find some embers and blow on them to get a bit red. So what do you need to do to get that thing back going? more wood on it yeah that's exactly and a lot of people don't realize that all you have to do is put more wood on it you don't have to blow you don't have to stoke you don't have to do anything just keep blowing and i I, sometimes people help me burn brush and stuff and the fire is almost out and we come with a whole new load of brush and i just say throw it on there throw it on there it'll burn and they're like, yeah, but it's not catching fire. I said, throw it on. Keep, keep throwing it on. Keep throwing. And you know, then we have this stack of wood about this high. And a little trick. I think we have a, a video of this. The beginning of this video. Do we have that? We might. Anyways, uh, just keep. Uh, can we start this one over from the very beginning? So you just keep throwing wood on. And what happens is, it doesn't look like anything's happening. There's just smoke coming out of it. But all of a sudden, the whole thing will just ignite into this ball of fire and burn up like crazy. And then you can throw as much on there as you want. And it'll just keep burning. Now, the thing about... Here's, here's the video, so you'll, you'll see what happens. It's just smoke coming out of this. There's a little bit of coals at the bottom, you can see. Um, and in, So, in order to burn for God, we need... To, oh, there you go. Just catches fire and burns. So we need to load up our fire pits. Now, sometimes people just load up their, their uh, spiritual life for the quick fix thing. And that's like throwing bramble bushes and, and brush into a fire. Burns bright, you know. And, and if you go on a mission trip, this can be... You, you know, like, wow, so exciting to burn bright for that two weeks that you're away on a missions trip and you're with a bunch of people and you're all pumped up and you're praying and everything is going great. Uh, But you know what happens to bramble bush and twig fires? They blaze brightly for a little while and then they just burn out. What we need, yes, we need to blaze brightly sometimes. Mission trips are awesome, and you want to go on them, and you want to blaze brightly. But we also need maintenance for the regular fires to keep them going. And you need big chunks of oak thrown in there to just burn for a long period of time. And so, um, what else is I going to talk about? Not much more. Almost done. So, what I'm going to do for the rest of the summer is I'm going to talk about how we can rekindle that fire, how we can burn brighter for the Lord, and how we can can just shine for God. And so there's going to be two aspects to that. There's going to be that that, uh, the deeper aspect of of maintaining the fire, putting those big logs on, getting the big important things stuck well entrenched into our spiritual walk. 
But then there's also going to be some talk of what does it mean to add kindling and, and the small stuff to blaze brightly for a time for the Lord? How do we do that? How do we make that happen in our spiritual life? And sometimes I think that we think, oh, you know, this is just going to be church again. And, um, you know, this, is, this sounds like an interesting series, and I'm glad the pastor's talking about it. I guess I'll come, or maybe I won't come. But I want to challenge you, um, because God put something on my heart this week that really challenged me. Um, you know, you, you hear it said, you know, like, oh, the, the Christian message has to go out, because, I mean, people are dying in their sins, and they're going to hell, and, and we're the only ones with the message. And so we, it's urgent that we get out there and, and share the gospel with people and, and ask them to, to give their lives to Christ so that they, their sins would be washed away, they'd have a relationship with God, joy and peace would come flooding into their life through Christ, and they become disciples of Christ and live happily ever after. This is our calling. This is our, our mantra, as it were. And it's actually kind of a cliche in Christian circles to say something like this. The time is short. People are dying without Christ. You have the gospel and they are perishing. Don't delay. Shine your light brightly today. How, many, how often have we heard that said? Like over and over and over, right? I've heard it. I've preached it. I've said it a million times. But you know, sometimes it has to take reality to knock the sense into you. You know, uh, I have this, uh, this friend on our street. He's 24 years old and uh, he's a bit of a rough guy, you know. But about two months ago, uh, the Lord, the Spirit of God, just put it on my heart. You, you should invite him to the young adults group. And I'm like, Lord, he wouldn't fit with the young adults group. I mean, he swears all the time. He, you know, he's, he's trying to prove himself, so he's kind of boastful. And, and, you know, and I mean, he was on drugs. I don't know if he's off drugs. I, I know for sure he's doing marijuana. When I went in his room, it stunk like marijuana all the time. Uh, you know, he... I, it, I'm having an argument with God. Like, duh. So then, you know, a couple weeks later, I'm out there on the street talking with him. Young adults is that night, and the Spirit of God just says, tell him about young adults. Invite him to young adults. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll get, I'll get to that. It's just, I don't, you know. Okay, how many of you have been there? <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. We want to say something about the Lord, but then, you know, we're not really right spiritually maybe, or I don't know what's going on in our life, but we just don't shine the light of Christ. And it's difficult. It's tough. But, you know, I think, well, I'll invite him in September when we start up again. Well, I'll I'll invite him then. But, you know, that's really not going to work. And I'll tell you why. Because this afternoon, I'm doing his funeral. He had a brain, brain clot and died. Just 24 years old, just boom, dead. No reason. And I'm just like in shock. And the family's asked me to do the, do the funeral because I know him. And so now I'm going to stand up in front of 100 people. Wondering why I couldn't have shared something better with them this afternoon. Because I was too embarrassed 
to talk to him in person before. Too shy to bring up that subject. Too shy to let my light shine in this dark world. Maybe you feel that way. It's too embarrassing to talk to your employee or your employer or your friend at school. Or, But how embarrassing is it going to be to stand before God and say, yeah, I was too embarrassed. And maybe you'll feel like me this afternoon, just kind of like broken. Like, why didn't I say something? Why didn't I act? So, I think it's because the fire has gone down in my life. And it's not blazing. It's not passionate every day, looking for opportunities wherever I can all the time. Sometimes it's like, ah, you know, you've done your part, Bill. You've won hundreds of people to the Lord. Why why are you killing yourself? Hello? People are dying in this world. So, I don't know if there's a slide about, uh, about uh, uh, shoot, I forget what it is. Basically, I'll just explain it to you. It basically says that if people write, this is it. How did you know that was the one I wanted? <laughs> Excellent. By committing your goals to paper, you increase the likelihood of reaching them by 1,000%. Did you know that? It's why we have our pastoral care associates and, and elders go around and ask our leaders what their goal is in their ministry. Because once you've expressed your goal, it becomes way easier to do it. And so I'm actually going to ex- ask you to express your goal today. And so if you, it's your goal to burn brighter for Christ, to have a passionate relationship with God and share that with other people, I'd like you to stand up and just declare that to everybody here, that my goal uh, this summer is to be more passionate for for God. So if you'd like to do that, just stand up right now. And I'm going to pray for all of those who are standing, that this is their declared goal uh, to uh, God and his people. So let's just pray. And uh, I pray that this will be a a point where you can look back to and say, you know, I publicly said this, that I was going to do this. Now you would do it. Father, we come before you today, and I I see your people standing here. Lord, they're declaring to one another that they want to be passionate for you. They want to burn brightly in this cold world. They want to reach their neighbors for you. They want to be connected. They want to abide in Christ so that you would change their life. And so, Father, I pray that you you would cause them to go about it, Lord, to read their Bibles, to pray, to connect with you. And Lord, as we go through this series and talk about the various elements to add to our fires, Lord, I pray that you would impress upon each one what they need to do or what they need to stop doing. And Lord, that we would become a mighty nation, a mighty church of God blazing for you in this dark and perverse generation. Lord, may you work in us what is pleasing to you. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.